Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. Yes, Lord. Yes, we love you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. We just open our hearts to you tonight. We just desire to receive from you to draw closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're going to dismiss the, the, all the kids for big kids tonight. So, Lord, bless each one of the little ones. Bless the teachers and all that are going to be involved in that service tonight. And God, I pray the seed of your word goes down deep in their hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Well, <clears throat> Jesus is awesome. And um, I've been going through the Gospels. Just I've been watching Jesus. You know, sometimes when uh, we read our Bible, we read it. And we're just kind of just reading it just because we're gaining knowledge. But when I'm going through the Gospels, I like to watch Jesus. And I'd like to, because um, the Bible says, um, well, it's actually, we're going to go there. In, in John 1, um, it says, in the beginning, the Word already existed. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Another translation says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And it says, he existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. And nothing was created except through him. And the word Jesus, who is that word, gave life to everything that was created. And I love this next verse. And it, and it says, and his life brought light to everyone. Amen? So Jesus brings light to everyone. And it doesn't matter... Um, that's what I love about the gospel. It it's, doesn't matter where you come from, who you are. Jesus desires to bring light to everyone. And it says here, And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. The darkness can never extinguish it. And, I, you know, this is the thing I believe that... Um, as believers, we're going to have to know more and more and more in the days ahead because we can talk the talk, but we've got to walk the walk. And a lot of times we, we talk a bigger Jesus than we live. And I, you, we, we, we say Jesus can do this, Jesus can do this, but when darkness comes or situations come that are very dark, we don't talk as if Jesus' light can, ex can extinguish it like that. We talk as if that darkness is greater many times. We talk as if that, that darkness can overtake us. But the Bible says that this light that he gives shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. So there's no competition here. When we allow Jesus, the light of the world, to come in, that light expels darkness it literally darkness can't exist when i came in tonight you know getting ready and setting up in here um you know 
when I turned the light switch on, I wasn't, I wasn't in this thing, oh, I hope they work, I hope, I hope it, it, it works. No, you know, when you flick that light switch on, darkness is going to go. I mean, we don't, even, we don't even think one, we don't ever question it. But Jesus here himself is saying he came, and he's that light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness will never extinguish it. Amen? And so we're going to look at Jesus we're going to continue to watch Jesus, and we're going to go through some of the Gospels again tonight because I want to, there's so many parallels that we can see in life that Jesus walked through, and he brought life, but he brought it to very real situations. And there's two things I want us to see in these two accounts. Um, you know, last week I looked at how Jesus was in the boat with his disciples, and, you know, the boat was, was sinking, it was filling with water, but Jesus was asleep in the boat. And they woke him up as if they were going to die. They, they woke him up as if he didn't care if they were going to die. And Jesus says, you know what, guys, you shouldn't have been afraid. Why didn't you believe in me? He was calling them up and he was saying, guys, like, this isn't going to happen. But like, where is your faith? Because you believed I was going to let you die. And I had told you when we got into this boat, let's go to the other side. We, we have to understand one thing. When Jesus gives us something, that word carries us. And this is the thing that we have to have the assurance of. What has Jesus told you? Who are you following? Because if you're following what Jesus has for you to do, nothing can be shaken. Sure, stuff comes, like that boat ride came for them, and they looked like they were going to sink. But Jesus was able to speak to that storm. He was able to get them to the other side. And he calls us to believe who he is in the midst of it. Well, shortly after that account in Mark that we did last week in Mark 4, if we, just, if we continue on with Jesus, first of all, we see after that account, what happens is Jesus literally casts out a demon of a person who was bound with all kinds of devils, so we know that those devils and those demonic powers, they could have started that storm. They knew Jesus was coming, but it doesn't matter. Darkness cannot extinguish the light. And Jesus came, he dealt with that situation, set that person free. And then it goes on to say that Jesus then, he got into the boat again. Let's go to Mark 5. We're going to start at verse 21. And so Jesus here again is getting in a boat. He was in a lot of boats. And he was going across lakes and back and forth and all over the place. And it says, and he went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. He said, my little daughter is dying. He said, please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. And it says, so Jesus went with him, and all the crowd followed, crowding around him. <clears throat> so we see here that, you know, there were crowds, and they were expecting from Jesus, but there was a man who cried out in the midst of that in desperation. And he said, my daughter is dying. And, um, you know, this is the thing that what we see with Jesus. And we're going to see there's two people that stuck out in this crowd. There's this man, and then we're going to see another woman who, who stuck out in the crowd. But it's, it's not about just knowing Jesus. It's touching Jesus. It's connecting with Jesus. It's crying out to him. And I think a lot of times we're not singular in that we are 
we're this way and we're that way. We're tossed. Instead of just being focused on Jesus, you are enough. Everything I need is found in you. You are the word. You became flesh. You dwelt among us. You are enough. And we focus on him. We focus on what he's done. We focus on who he is. And this synagogue leader, he knew that Jesus was able to heal his daughter. So he came and he cried out in desperation. And it says, and Jesus followed him. Now, there's a large crowd, and it says here in verse 25, it says, now a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. And she had suffered a great deal from many doctors and over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had not gotten better. In fact, she had gotten worse. So we see here, you know, Jesus comes into life, and he comes into very real life. And in this case, this woman had 12 years where she had been seeking help. She had an issue of bleeding. So in the culture, if you understand the Jewish culture, in that time, women who had issues with bleeding were considered unclean. So she was ostracized from society. She was considered unclean. She had paid all the money she could do to get doctors to help her, thinking that it was going to get better, and it only got worse. How many know sometimes man can do some things and they help? But there's times man does things, and it doesn't help. Sometimes the medical can only take it so far. They might can give you, give you a perk on this side, but there's a side effect on this side. Because when man touches things, that's what happens. Only Jesus is perfect. And we've got to understand that in the midst of this, this woman had put all of her hope in these doctors. She had spent everything she had, and she didn't get better. She got worse. Now, am I saying that that medical field will throw it all out? No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying in this situation, that's what happened. And she could have left it there. But this is the, the, the verse I love in this. And, I, and I, I want to encourage us all with this. It says, but then it says, verse 27, she had heard about Jesus. She had heard about Jesus. She had heard. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. And we live in a noisy culture. We live in a noisy society. And they've got this they're saying and this they're saying. And you got Facebook blasting you with this. And you got this and this opinion and this and this. Have you heard Jesus, have you stopped to hear what he's saying? Have you taken uh, literally a stop and said, okay, I want to know Jesus, you the word that became flesh. You are these 66 books all wrapped up. You didn't throw any of this away. You became this living word. You fulfilled it to its fullest. And Jesus, you are enough. And this woman, when she heard about Jesus, faith came into her heart. She said here, it says here, so she heard about Jesus. 
So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself. So she took her imagination and she didn't think, oh, seeing herself in a coffin and I'm not going to live and going on and on and on. No, she took captive those thoughts and she allowed Jesus to touch those. And she said, if I just come up behind him and I just touch him, I know I will be healed. She literally drew on the very virtue and nature of who Jesus was. You know, it's what I find with a lot of people. They get caught up in all the semantics. They get caught up in all these things and arguments about stupid things. Instead of looking at the overview of what Christ did and who he is and look at the overview of, of all he did, and grab a hold of his very virtue and his very nature. We get caught up in nitpicking all these ridiculous things. We're missing the very goodness that he's given and who he's revealed himself to be. And so this woman didn't, she was desperate. She, she needed something more. And so she said, so she thought to herself, verse 28, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Now, I love this. Jesus, verse 30, realized at once that healing power had gone out for him, from him. So he turned around in the crowd and he asked, who touched my robe? Okay, so picture this, guys. It's a huge crowd. Everyone's touching him. And look at the disciples, the human disciples. They're like, the disciples said to him, uh, Jesus, look at this crowd pressing around you. Um, how can you ask who touched me? In other words, they're kind of like, um, Jesus, you're a little bit out there. Like, you're asking who touched you. There are hundreds of people touching you. But there was someone who touched him with the touch of faith. There was someone who it cost her greatly because she had to press through a crowd and she was unclean. She had to put that aside and say, I am pushing through a crowd, even though I'm considered unclean, and you can be guaranteed people were, were giving her, the, I'm sure, the cold shove and despising her, but she pushed through and she said, I'm going to touch the one that matters. She didn't care about everyone around her. She didn't care about the opinions. She didn't care about the status quo. She didn't care about all those things. She had heard about Jesus. She was going to touch Jesus. Amen? And she was pushing through the crowd, and she realized, all I have to do is touch him. And as soon as she touched him, she was made well. But Jesus asked, who touched this? Who touched me? Verse uh, 32. But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering 
is over. Your faith. This is what I love about the gospel. It's what Jesus did, but it's believing what, we, what he did, and it's that connecting. It's my faith with what he did. The two work together. Amen? So many times we want everyone else to just believe for us, or we want, you know, someone else to pray the prayer for us. We need to grab a hold of Jesus. We need to take him in the situation that we're encountering. We need to grab a hold of who he is. We need to, like her, see our situation turned around by him. I don't know about you, but for me, it's fuel on the fire. When people say, oh, that's not going to happen, oh, you know what, and I know Jesus told me, or I know Jesus has made a promise, and what's in front of me is contrary, I will get in front of Jesus, I will get before him until I can touch him and know he's the one that's going to deal with this situation. He's the one that's going to turn it around. And he'll either give me a step of obedience or he'll show me something, but he will always come through. It's my faith with what he's already done. Amen? And I want to encourage all of us. This is what we've got to do in these days. When the voices are coming, when the things are crowding around you, when everything is pressing in on every side, and it, it's so real, and it's such a reality, but Jesus is greater than that. And he has a path, and he has much more for all of us. And if we will just touch him in that moment with what we need, he can meet it. Amen? He can. He can. And I've seen it over and over and over again in my own life. So then he says this, you know, your, your daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Now, how many know the devil's relentless? He's such a jerk. Like, he's just a... He's not even worth talking about. But he's relentless. He does not stop. And the Bible says he kills, he steals, and he destroys. That's his nature. That's who he is. That's what he does. And he delights in it. So here this woman gets healed. I mean, it's an, a wonderful moment. Twelve years of an infirmity, and she's completely healed. And then it says, but it says here, while he was still speaking to her, so while he's still speaking to this woman, telling her daughter, your faith has made you well, go in peace, your suffering is over, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, and they told him, your daughter's dead. There's no use troubling the teachers now, or the teacher now. So, you know, it's like, how many know that that guy, guy probably was mad at, for an incident? He's like, why did this woman have to do this in the middle of... If we had just kept walking, we could have probably have got there. I know no one, none of you would have thought that. But, but he's like... He, it's the first thing he hears. But this is what I love about Jesus. Jesus deals with the realities that we deal with. And he deals with them in a way that we can... can um, get through them. And so in this situation here, it says, well, he's still speaking. They told her, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard, another translation said, or ignored them. Um, and he said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith. Another translation says, don't be afraid, only believe. 
So the very first thing is he deals with the fear. He deals with fear. And so many decisions, and, and I'm examining this and all kinds of different things that are going on, we are encountered with all kinds of decisions. We're encountered with all kinds of things that we have to make decisions on concerning our body, concerning our outcome of different things that we're going to have to do uh, for the future. There's constantly things but fear cannot be your deciding factor. It cannot be fear. Fear, the Bible says, has to do with torment. And the, the devil uses fear to bind us and to cripple us. And Jesus speaks to that and he says, don't be afraid. Just have faith. Only believe. So Jairus had to make a decision. So I believe he did it. It says here, then Jesus stopped the crowd, and he wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. So this is the other thing, is Jesus stopped the crowd. And sometimes we have to step away from the crowd. Sometimes we have to get away from all the voices, especially at critical times. Especially at do or die times. I find sometimes, you know, we need to shake ourselves into reality and realize there are some critical situations and it requires me not to be stuck in the crowd and all the voices. It requires me to hear the one voice. It requires me to be with the one that I know when I believe him, he will do what he's going to do. And so Jesus stops the crowd and only Peter, James, and John were able to come. And it says, when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. And it says here, he went inside and he asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only sleeping. The crowd, what did they do? They laughed at him. They laughed at him. This is what the enemy does. He mocks the very thing that God wants to do. And he'll use people around you. He'll use the crowds. He'll use all kinds of things. And he laughs. And he mocks. And he despises the very thing that God wants to do. And if he can get you to bow under that, if he can get you to be ashamed of Jesus... If he can get you to pull back and cower in fear, then he's got you. But Jairus stayed close to Jesus. And it says, and when the crowd laughed at him, it says here, he made them all leave. He made them all leave. It's the first thing Jesus did, is he took the crowd and he said, see ya. We don't need you here. And a lot of times, we want to have all of that around us, or we don't want to deal with it. But you have to literally silence those voices. You have to draw a line in the sand, and you have to say, no, this is what Jesus can do. I believe. And so Jesus sent them out, and he made them all leave. 
And he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, I can't say it, which means little girl, get up. And the girl, who was 12 years old, immediately stood up and walked around. And they were overwhelmed and totally amazed. How many of you know you'd be a little bit overwhelmed and totally amazed? <laughs> and they were totally dumbfounded by what Jesus did. But it came at a cost. It came at a cost of their faith. And it came by putting the, the, the crowd out and getting in with Jesus. And I find this is the thing that we, we have got to do, is we have got to allow ourselves to press into Jesus. And we have to allow ourselves to be put away from those things that can be around us. I'm not saying we, we just turn away from everyone in the world, but there is a time and a place when we have to stop the voices and we have to listen to the one. And if they don't want to hear what the one says, you put them out. You say, you know what? This is where I stand. This is what I believe Jesus can do. And this is what he can do. Amen? Because in the end, this is what I want. This is the end result that I want. Amen? This is what the end result is that we all want. And so we've got some situations um, that we need to press in for Jesus with. And um, I want us to pray for one thing tonight that, that I just got a text just before service, and they're wanting all of us to pray. Pastor Jeremy of Catch the Fire has been is, is in the hospital again. He's been dealing with COVID, and he's having a problem with his blood pressure and his breathing. And they're asking us to pray. And I actually, Sheila, do you want to come up here? I want you to pray. Yeah, we can share the mic. We're husband and wife. We're good. <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to stand together. So I want all of us to join our faith. And, and there's no fear here. We know Jesus is greater. Amen? Amen? <laughs> Shout through your mask because we need to know this. This is the time that we need to stand on behalf of our brothers and sisters because they're not in a place where they can stand um, and pray and go rah, rah, rah. They need our faith. They need us to undergird. They need us to declare what Jesus can do. And we are standing with them. So let's stand together. And Sheila's going to pray as we do that. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you. You're our healer. I thank you for your healing power to just flow through Jeremy right now, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. God, I thank you, just like in your word, where um, the disciples went around Paul, when he, even when he was left for dead and he was raised. God, so many times when the believers came around and prayed, you raised the sick one up. And God, I just thank you that even as we all in this city of Barrie are praying for Pastor Jeremy, I thank you, God, that you, Holy Spirit, are going into that room right now. And I thank you that you've already paid the price for his healing. I thank you that you are the healer. And I just speak that life into his body now in Jesus' name. 
I thank you for that life to flow through. God, I thank you for that um, air to just even his oxygen levels to be raised. We thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We just command all infection to go. We just drive it out in the name of Jesus. And we ask for your healing virtue to just flow through Jeremy right now, wherever he is right now. We ask that you would guide the doctors and the nurses, God. Direct them to do the right things in this time right now. And we just speak your healing virtue. You are life and you are light. And your light expels all darkness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, I just lift up all of those that are dealing with COVID. Just speak healing and life over them. In Jesus' name, touch each and every one of them, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If I can have the worship team up, we're going to do Christ is enough. Thank you, Lord. You know, I want to encourage you. Um, if you haven't gone through the Gospels uh, recently, <clears throat> you know, what I'm finding is coming back to the basics and the simplicity that we have in Christ. When everything gets more complicated out there, we need to come back to some basics. And when you're coming in, approaching this word, that you're allowing it to reveal Christ to you and all he's done for you. And allow that to begin to bring life to you because we don't realize all of the voices around us that are speaking so many different things. They have an influence on us and they distort. They can distort the very image of God. They distort a picture that we begin to see. And Jesus wants to bring us back to where we see him and who he is in those situations. That we allow Christ to be enough in that situation. That we allow him to be our rewarder. That we allow him to be the one that brings the breakthrough. That only he can bring. So I don't know what the situations are. I know many of us, we have unsaved loved ones. That we need Christ to reveal himself to them, that the blinders would come off their eyes, that they would see Jesus and who he is. We've got situations where um, our, your, your future and what's ahead, you don't know what's next. The Bible says that his sheep know his voice, and he will lead them in the right path. And so we can have confidence that we'll hear his voice when we need to hear his voice. And we can draw near to him to ask and receive that when we seek, we find. And when we knock, the door is opened. We thank you, Jesus. You've promised this for each and every one of your children. So we just draw to you and we declare tonight that you are enough. You are enough, Jesus. 
And we lay our futures down to you. We lay all of those things down to you. And we ask that you would use our life in the midst of all of this for your glory. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc. Thank you.